Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Father, we confess our need for you. We're thankful to be called your children. We agree with what you want today. So yes, Lord, give a spirit of wisdom and revelation to us today to step into the things of God fully and wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name. So, last week I I felt like that message was... Um, probably one of the most important ones that I've given in seven and a half years that we've been together. Um, Jesus, when, when he was teaching, and, and we see in, in the Old Testament, we see in, in the New Testament as well with other writers, that there are really three categories of people on the earth. There, there are the wise, there are the foolish, and, and there are the wicked. And specifically, when, when we speak to the people of God, there we we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and and we we should know none of us should should be in the wicked camp anymore but we can still be wise or foolish and last week uh i i began to develop the idea that there are really two gospels presented in the New Testament. And this, this is uh, uh, a way of understanding this. Uh, that's why I'm using that kind of terminology. Okay. Uh, another way of looking at it is that there's a distinction between salvation and eternal life. That's the way Watchman Nee tended to explain it. Uh, <clears throat> the way Dale Sides in his book explains it is, is using uh, a gospel of salvation and a gospel of the kingdom. And I, I kind of like that, that terminology. Because uh, as, as I developed last week, and I'm... I feel like I need to go back through some of that, but I'm, I'm not going to try to go back through all of it. Uh, we're, we're trying to reconcile some, some seeming paradoxical statements in the New Testament, where Jesus said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, I mean, Jesus said that. It's, it's a clear statement. The uh, uh, translation of that from the Greek in, into English is, is accurate. Uh, if, if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for us, 
to pay the penalty for our sins, then we have eternal life. But then there are, there are those statements from Galatians and Ephesians, or Galatians and First uh, Corinthians, where, and I, I don't think I included those this week, those two, uh, about where Paul gives a list of sins of the flesh and, and says that, that those who do these things are, are not going to inherit the kingdom. Well, you can certainly do those things and believe in Jesus. So, so there must be a distinction between eternal life and inheriting the kingdom. And, and that is, is what we're, we're getting at. And, and there are numerous parables uh, where, where Jesus illustrates wise and foolish responders. And the two that I'm thinking of specifically are, are the, the parable of the ten virgins and, and the parable of the talents. Where, uh, and, and I think we'll, we'll go ahead and, and look at those today because they're, they're kind of key in, in our understanding of this. So, Matthew 25, the first one is, is the parable of the ten virgins. Pretty bad when I forget to turn my cell phone off. <laughs> so I have grace for some of you. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So, this, this is a picture of people who believe in Jesus. They, they all are looking for the return of the bridegroom. Uh, but Jesus says very clearly in the beginning of the parable that, that five of these are wise and five are foolish. It's, it's interesting to me that all ten fell asleep. And, I mean, that... That, I think, is, is Jesus telling us of, of the critical need to be watchful. That, that hardly any are, are actually going to be watchful the whole time that he is away. And, and really, I mean, if, if we look at our own lives, and even if we are watchful and ready now, there have been times when we were not. Even if we are being wise now, there have been times in our lives when we've been foolish. And so, 
what what else is is Jesus saying here? And and I'm I'm not gonna get to the part about the wedding feast today. I'm probably gonna get to that on another day. But the thing about the oil in our lamps, uh, and and I I think I'm gonna go ahead and read the other parable before I even get into that because they they really speak uh, a similar message to us about the work of God in our lives by the Holy Spirit. Because that really is what the oil in our lamps represents. It's, it's the work of God in our lives by the Holy Spirit. And so often, oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. So let's look at the next parable. We pick up right at the next verse. <clears throat> Matthew twenty-five fourteen. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. And it's interesting that a, a talent is, is like a year's wages. So <clears throat> it, it doesn't represent a small amount of, of money, but it's, it's interesting to me that it, it represents more than money. It represents life. Your life. My life. But, uh, okay, so the one who had two made two talents more, verse 18. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master... You delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground, here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest." So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So... I looked into the Greek word that is translated interest, and it's interesting. It's 
tokos is the word. And it's literally to bring forth. A bringing forth, a birth, offspring, figuratively gained from money uh, that's lent out or, or interest. But, but the, the bringing forth and the birthing is the primary definition of that word. So what happened with these servants is that all of them received something from the master. They received a new birth. They received eternal life. They received the Holy Spirit. Some allowed the Holy Spirit to bring forth nothing in their lives. Even though they, they had received the Holy Spirit, they, they had not allowed the Holy Spirit to do anything in their life. That is the wicked and slothful servant who was cast into the outer darkness. And, and that is the five unwise virgins. Because if, if the Holy Spirit in our lives represents oil, or if, if the oil represents the Holy Spirit in our lives, as we allow the Holy Spirit to bring forth the life of God, the life of Christ within us, this second parable says we keep getting more. That's, that's the meaning of Jesus' explanation at the end of, of that parable. For to everyone who has, who has brought forth something, or allowed the Holy Spirit to bring forth something, he will be given more. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not allowed the Holy Spirit to bring forth anything, even what he has will be taken away. And and we we see that. I mean, uh, I, I hate to tell you this, but but my own sister is is an illustration of this parable. Uh, back in in the nineteen seventies, in, in the Jesus People movement, man, she she was on fire for the Lord. Uh, she helped bring me into the faith. Uh, but now, I'm telling you, there's no oil. It, it has not brought, the Holy Spirit has not been allowed to bring forth anything. Uh, and it, it, it saddens me. It saddens my mother. We, we pray for, for my sister that, that she will shift from being unwise to, to being wise before it's too late. Now, I, I have to still believe that, that she has eternal life. Because the the bar <laughs> is is really low for that one. Believe, but uh, yeah, is she wise or foolish? 
Well, it's, it's an easy answer. And, and what kind of servant is, is she now? Well, that's an easy answer too. But I, I don't get to make decisions for her. I get to make decisions for me. And that's true of all of us. So will, will I be wise or foolish? Will I be uh, a servant who hears, well done, good and faithful servant, or will I hear the other? Well, it's, it's not about how faithful we are to coming to church. It's, it's not about uh, how much time do I spend in, in the Word or how much time do I spend praying. It's, it's about what, what, is, what is happening with that life that's within us. Because if, if I'm using that time in the Word to feed the Spirit within me, and to receive revelation, and, and then to allow the Holy Spirit to birth something in me that I didn't have yesterday, then, then there's something really good happening. But if I'm just doing those things so that I can feel better, uh, and cross something off my schedule... It, it may very well not be doing much good. Now, it's better than a lot of alternatives because the time we spend in prayer, the time we spend in the Word, we're, we're sowing to the Spirit still. Or, or at, at least, you know, even if we're not truly sowing to the Spirit, we're not sowing to the flesh. And, and this, this is an important thing for us uh, as, as we look at uh, the whole idea of, of being ready for the, the times of difficulty that are coming as we approach the end of the age. I'm, I'm just uh, continually brought back to that verse, and I, I don't even remember if it's in here, but... Uh, uh, be, be not uh, surprised, God will not be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you sow to the Spirit, you will receive eternal life. You will receive life. If, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. And, man, we, we got to meditate on that. Because uh, that is, is really the key to being wise. It, it's the key to being fruitful. It's, it's the key to spiritual progress. It, it's the key to allowing the Holy Spirit to birth things within us is so to the Spirit. And, and you will reap life. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, mm -hmm. We're told to mm -hmm. let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works. What Jay's talking about, about the oil in the lamp, what does a lamp produce? It produces light. What does God say that light is? That light is good works. We also know, we're told in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created for good works that he previously prepared for us. What does it mean when God takes a talent away and gives it to somebody else? It means that God has wanted that person to accomplish certain things. In God's economy, those things will be accomplished. If the person that he 
previously prepared that good work for chooses not to let his light so shine or produce those good works, then God will have it done by somebody else. The person that gets that one talent or whatever talent that was originally given to someone. So, the bottom line, let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works that God has previously prepared. Not works that we think, I wonder what would please God today. No. We seek and receive from God those good works. And those are the rewards. That's the gold, silver, and precious <clears throat> stones. Works of the flesh are wood, hay, and stubble. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's really where I was headed next. First Corinthians three, because <laughs> I, uh, I I want to uh, I want to get to the idea of outer darkness eventually, uh, because it's it's not something that's only mentioned in parables, uh, but it's it's an important thing for us to understand. But if if we understand that that there's a gospel of eternal life and then a gospel of the kingdom, there are different rewards under those two gospels. And for, <clears throat> for the gospel of eternal life, or the gospel of salvation, to, to use that terminology, uh, Eternal life is the reward. Uh, and, and basically, if, if all a person does is, is believe, and, and then it, it does nothing else. I, 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 I don't understand how that can happen, but it, uh, it, it is a conceivable possibility. Uh, then that person would, would receive the reward of eternal life. Now, uh, I probably won't get to it today as, as to what that actually means. Um, I don't, maybe I will. I, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> but the inheritance under the gospel of the kingdom is, is much more complicated because there... There is a worthiness to be demonstrated in order to inherit the kingdom. And, and that's, that's clear from my study of this. And again, it's, we, we can't earn our salvation. Okay, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, that is a free gift from God simply for believing in Jesus. And, you know, the, the evangelists who, who take people out on the streets and, and they, they try to get people to say a simple prayer uh, and, and believe, you know, they, they may actually be saving some people from eternal punishment. And, and that is a good thing, because the, the Lord would have all of us be involved in, in that, in at least uh, helping people come to believe in Jesus uh, by our living, by our speaking as, as well, uh, that they would see our, our light, see the light of God within us and be opened by that. But, but now, uh, to that passage that Art alluded to in 1 Corinthians 3. Verses 10 through 15. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. 
For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. And 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 I'm I'm going to share uh, just some revelation that I received about this passage uh, a number of years ago uh, that many other pastors and leaders have have received over the years. And it's been sobering uh, for all of us who, who have received it. There, there are a lot of things that good things that we've done that are wood, hay, and stubble that are going to just burn and they're, they're going to be gone. It's, it's those things that are done in faith. And let me explain that. Those things that the Lord speaks to us to do and that we then are faithful to actually do. And I, I might even add, in, in the power of the Holy Spirit, do. Those things are, are the gold, the silver, and the precious stones. And, and so there's, there's an attentiveness to God the Holy Spirit within us that is needed day by day by day so that the Lord can speak to us about those things that he previously planned for us to do and then we 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 can receive that understanding that the Lord wants us to do this and then we can actually do it and, and we can ask him to do it through us and or empower us by the Holy Spirit to actually do it. And here, here's another part of the understanding, okay? That if, if the Lord tells us to do something, and we're faithful to do it, then we have reward. The outcome of us doing it has nothing to do with a reward. Nothing. Uh, we may never understand the why between, behind some of the things that he asks us to do, we may never see any of what we would call fruit from what we've done. But if he initiated it and we did it in faith, then we have a reward. And, and that is cool. And, and that is the only part that's our responsibility. Is, is to hear and obey. And, and that, that is exactly what Jesus was talking about with the talents. That is the bringing forth of something, <laughs> the, the birthing of something on the earth that initiated in heaven was communicated to one of 
his servants or, or sons or daughters, and it was done. It came forth. And, and for those who allow God to bring forth things, what did he say? We would get more. We'd, we'd get the opportunity to bring forth more. Yeah. For those who have will be given more and they will have an abundance. But those who have not, even what they thought they had, will be taken away and given to someone else. So this, this is an important understanding. Now, now, Jesus illustrates something else in, in this passage that, that I th is, is important to our understanding the gospel of eternal life versus the gospel of the kingdom. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Another way of saying that is by the skin of their teeth. And, and that, <laughs> I don't like that idea. You know, in, in college, uh, <clears throat> probably start, started before that, but I, I tended to play the margins with with my time and effort. And at the end of the semester, you know, if, if, if I had a B in a class and, and there was like practically no way that I could get an A or a C, that class got very little attention toward the end. But if there was another class where I was right on that borderline, I, I would I would put more effort in into that class. And you know, this is something, our eternal destiny, our eternal reward. This this is something that is worth that additional effort. It's <laughs> you know, we we don't want to shrink back and say, well, you know, if I just coast for the rest of my life, I, I'm still going to make it by the skin of my teeth. That's, that's not the message <laughs> that I want you to get here, okay? Because this, this is the, the great thing about this message and, and about the Lord revealing it to us right now is our eternal reward is still to be determined, Uh, our, our eternal life, hopefully for all of us, is already determined. But the level of reward that we are going to receive and whether we will uh, inherit the kingdom of heaven with Jesus in, in the millennium, that, that question is, is still to be answered. Uh, because even for those who have been faithful for a time, if, if we just decide to sit back and coast, will we make it into the kingdom? Maybe not. So this, this is not a time for any of us to slack off <laughs> and, and coast. This, this is the time to press in and, and be ready. And I, and I need to go to like the third slide. Because um, I, I mentioned this last week and I, I really intended, and, and I think now's the time for, for this. Um, hopefully, yeah. 
Is it reasonable to presume that without focused spiritual preparation, you will one day just be ready for the day of the Lord? It is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there, there, there is nothing else that is more pressing for us, the people of God, from, from now until the day of the Lord, than this question. Uh, because just, just sitting back and, and coasting is, is not going to get us ready. It, we will not be prepared. We, we will end up being foolish virgins and, and having lamps with not enough oil because we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to bring forth what God wanted to bring forth. But our response from today forward will determine whether we are ready or prepared or, or not. Yes. So, back to that verse 14. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. That reminds me of, of a passage in Zechariah 3. Uh, where uh, Joshua is, is being accused before the Lord as, as being unworthy. And, and this is Zechariah 3, verses 1 and 2. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand, to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? That is the picture of 1 Corinthians 3.14. And a, a brand plucked from the fire is, is like a dry stick that's in the fire. And it's ready to just... Whoosh, but God pulled it out just in the nick of time <laughs> as through fire. <laughs> and, and said, no, you can't have this one. <laughs> This, this one is, is weak and immature, but he, he wants to fulfill his destiny. And he can still do it. That's, that's us, folks. Yeah, that's, that's you and, and that's me. It's not too late. We, we may be weak. We, we may be immature. We, we have failed. But the Lord, in, in his mercy, in his grace, says, come on. I haven't given up on you, so don't you give up on you. Yeah. Because we can still do this. And that's exactly what the Lord, Jesus, was saying about Joshua. He had stuff for Joshua to do. <laughs> and and Joshua knew that his clothes were dirty. 
and I probably will end up with a message on this after this series that, that we're in because it's just too good. But I, I want us to see a couple more things related to inheritance. <clears throat> uh, because the, the Beatitudes, when, when you look at this part of the Sermon on the Mount in light of Jesus wanting his people to inherit his kingdom, he's, he's giving us keys to inheriting his kingdom and saying, this is what the people who inherit my kingdom are going to be like. In Matthew 5, verse 2, And Jesus opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All, all we got to do is recognize our own spiritual poverty, that, that we really, really have nothing to offer God of our own. All, all the good that is in us is from Him. And, and we got to recognize that. We, we don't like to. I mean, isn't, isn't there some good in me that I could offer God that could say, isn't this? No. <laughs> there, there just isn't. I mean, if it would have been true of anybody, it would have been Paul, right? And, and what did he compare his righteousness to? Well, it's kind of gross, actually. Uh, if you really dig into the Greek. Let's just say he didn't think highly of it. Uh, but anyway, Jesus goes on. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. See, he's, he's talking about the people who will inherit his kingdom. I didn't really get this until recently. I'm sorry, I'm slow. And I, I told you that, <clears throat> you know, I just recently got this revelation, and uh, now I fully believe in and am looking forward to the millennium. So, so I was in deception, and so I, I had to repent. For, for having a, a belief system that was wrong. And, you know, I'm, I'm open about that. I, I'm, I'm glad the Lord brought me revelation about this because it, it's really important. And, and I think it's really important at, at this critical time in history when we, we as a nation, we're, we're about to enter into the Lord's discipline. I'm not saying judgment, but we are about to enter into the discipline of, of a God who loves us. So we, we need to have our, our, our face uh, set like flint toward the kingdom. I'm I want to inherit the kingdom. I, I want to be here with Jesus reigning for that thousand years. I, I don't want to be on the outside looking in. As we'll, we'll get to that outer darkness thing later. Anyway, I, I also wanted to... Uh, <laughs> there's just so much here. I... I'm still only on page six of my notes, <laughs> and they've grown since last week. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's finish uh, the, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
They won't be on the outside. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Expect persecution. Yes, here in America. Be ready and say, yes. This is one of the signs of those who will inherit the kingdom. We, we enter into that part of Jesus' suffering. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And I, I want to quickly go through the, the overcomers in Revelation 2 and 3 because until I, I really had this revelation of the difference between eternal life and inheriting the kingdom, it, it troubled me. When, when I would read the letters to the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, because I know not everybody is going to overcome. And, and we're told what the ones who do overcome get, but what about the ones who don't? A brand plucked from the fire. Saved as though through fire. The works burn up because they're wood, hay, and stubble. But there's still eternal life. So this is what the Lord says. These are the inheritances of those who overcome in these seven letters. Revelation 2, 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To everyone who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Revelation 2, 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Revelation 2.17 He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on that stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Who else got a new name? Yes, Peter did. Yeah, Paul did. Mm -hmm. Jacob. Abraham. Sarah. Mm hmm. Some say you, you need to wrestle with the Lord all night to get your name changed. Enter into the wrestle. Revelation 2, 26 to 29. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In Revelation 3, 5 and 6, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. 
like the wedding feast, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation 3, 12 and 13. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never will he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And Revelation three nineteen to 22, Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Those are some wonderful inheritances. And, and they're all available. Uh, we, we must conquer. We must overcome. And <clears throat> the, the only way I think we can enter into the overcoming is, is cultivating it in prayer. Asking the Lord to bring this forth. Because we, we can't do it on our own. We, we have to ask Him to give us the heart of an overcomer and sit before Him in, in His presence and, and let Him work on our hearts. That's how it will happen. And then he becomes our, our focus. He, he becomes the one that we look to rather than other things. And fasting helps because it, it helps to weaken the flesh in order to overcome it. That's why the flesh hates fasting so much. So, so to the Spirit, being attentive to the Spirit of God within so that we can hear and obey and do those things that He has for us to do. So that we have reward. Amen. I think I better quit there for today. Father, thank you for your commitment to us. Uh, that is the kind of love that you have. It's full-on commitment. Thank you that uh, our struggles don't surprise you. Our failures don't surprise you. Um, continue your work in us. Lord, prepare us spiritually to be used mightily by you in the days ahead. And Lord, we pray for the salvation of Cheyenne, the people of our city. Lord, prepare us to be laborers sent out by you. 
and for your glory, Jesus. Amen.